I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Listeners to this podcast will also get a 10% discount with Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and simple to build your own professional website and online shop. Grab a pen and listen up for your exclusive promo code. Ladies and gentlemen, good to have you with us. It's still World Cup and it's still the football ramble. My name is still Marcus and Jim's here. Hello. Luke's here. All right. And uh, Pete's not here, though. God, we can't get us all in the same room together. I know. It's, right, a, ha- it once, it's a hat-trick of ramblers. Yeah. Not quite a hall of ramblers this no. time. But still worthy enough um, to entertain your ears, methinks. Still only less than 2 or 3% worse than any other football podcast you've got. So <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the standard you expect. That's the stat that we cling to. Now then, um, uh, we've got first round uh, summing up to do and second round previewing to do, you lucky things. Um, so, chaps, I suppose we'll have a little opening question. What was your favourite moment from the first Round or certainly a highlight, anyway, Jim. Well, I, I suppose the star of the group stages really has been the ridiculous amount of goals. Um, and for me, I, I guess what sort of encapsulated that was the France Switzerland game because France were excellent. They still let two stupid goals in. Uh, Karen Benzema missed a penalty and mm. had a goal disallowed because the whistle went during the ball's path into the net. It was it was chaos. Well, it technically, was it's not disallowed then. Well, you know, it never existed. Yeah. <laughs> it was a goal that never was. We all was. saw it, but it, yeah. it, didn't, it literally didn't exist. Went yeah. into a footballing black hole. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's been my highlight so far. I think that's the game I've enjoyed the most, because stuff just kept happening. And it's, it's, it's amazing to stand out in a tournament that's been so good. France versus Switzerland, eh? That's been my favourite so far. Nice one, pal. What about you, Luke? Um, I'm sticking on the same group... And uh, it's France versus Honduras for me. Right. And Jonathan Pierce's meltdown <laughs> over the goal line technology. Nice. Yeah, that was funny. That was a, a rare example of the whole nation saying, well, what's his problem? What, what, <laughs> what, what don't you get about this? And it was one of those rare sort of misunderstandings where you have to actually establish what he doesn't get. Yeah. You can't sort of say, okay, well, it's, it's basically this. I, did, I couldn't work out what he didn't understand about it. Mm. And I had to bro- broach that before I could even think about it, if I had the opportunity, mm. actually explain to him what had happened. Because the, for those of you that remember, I'm sure there's not many listening who don't, but the ball hit the bu- uh, post and went on the line, In which case, at which point the goal line technology said no goal. And then it hit the keeper and went over the line, in which it was a goal. So there was two goal on technology incidents in one but and only one was really needed correct but Jonathan Pierce could not understand it and um, I just I guess I just want to finish off this little bit by saying everyone was talking about how goal line technology would clear up was it wasn't it over the line and it would never be a question ever again but essentially the establishment failed to realise that they'd have to properly brief the commentators because some of them genuinely are so simple they cannot understand the, pro- mm. the concept of it so that's mine <laughs> that was a little pop 
It's a dig. It's an early dig. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, can I actually say, I know I do realise that being a commentator is a hard job and I probably couldn't do it any better, so I should probably put that in there as a caveat. Yeah, Be you. that on Football or Robot Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but more specifically Robot Wars. Yeah. I'm yeah. rubbish, that sort of stuff. I can't Absolutely. even do DIY. So get no I don't know what the offside rule is in Robot Wars. Can I'd I, never get my head around that. When I watched Robot Wars when I was a kid, obviously it was in the 90s, I was a lot younger, I didn't genuinely believe that they built the robots themselves. I just I couldn't get my head around the idea of that even happening. Because right. I, couldn't, I couldn't even fix a tyre on my bike. No. So, I mean, so Jonathan Pierce does have some credit on that level. Well, he didn't build the robots, though. How do you know? Uh, he knew well, a lot about them, I didn't think he? it's a safe assumption. If <laughs> he can't understand goal line technology, he cannot build a robot. <laughs> True. I think we can all be, you know, in agreement on that. If Imagine he, if, if Jonathan he... Pierce did, well, I've built a robot and it could do this, but not now, Joe. Not now, Jonathan. <laughs> the moment's passed. Yeah. If you uh, are unaware or, or don't remember Robot Wars, and sorry about that. Then, uh, what, I just turn off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I much prefer Craig Charles' other work. Even if you haven't seen Robot Wars, I'm sure you can work out what it was from the title Robot Wars. Yeah, yeah. it genuinely was as simple as that. And when you say you Glorified prefer... remote-controlled car wars, it you... should be called. <laughs> you say you prefer Craig Charles' other work. Are you talking about when he got caught smoking crack in the back of a mm. cab? I wouldn't call that work. <laughs> <A> cheeky Friday. <laughs> he's he's not it. invoicing anybody for that. It's pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> um, uh, I actually uh, have done an, an ounce of commentary in my time. It won't come as a surprise. It was when I was working on the Paralympics. It won't come as a surprise it's only been announced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. It was for the uh, it was for the blind five side football, and um, it, it's very, very difficult, Espe- it especially for that because you know it, it's. I mean, it's remarkable that game. We will get to the World Cup in a second, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fully aware. Of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a very difficult game to uh, to commentate on because it's, it's quite um, people. It, it, it doesn't flow like a normal game football for obvious And also, you don't, you don't know the players automatically because you wouldn't yeah. have counted them before. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's very impressive if you watch it. If you try and commentate it on it, it's an absolute minefield. And when they got the proper guy in to uh, the proper commentator, the qualified commentator, he was brilliant. Like, it just it okay. made me think, my goodness, like, this is such a hard got thing. Got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, whoever it was that was commentating on South Korea against Russia earlier on in the tournament, I was watching that game thinking, this guy is incredible. Like, to, to, <laughs> obviously, he's not going to be familiar with the, uh, the majority of those players, you would think. And to just, to just be so flawless on it is, is Incredible, mm. yeah. So get off the commentators' backs. Yeah, mm. right. That's more. all for this week. Yeah. Uh, see, see you next week. My favourite moment of the first round. Um, oh bollocks! Daniel Sturridge's goal against Italy. Oh my oh, god. god. Why not? <laughs> Why not? No, I'm, I'm, is this time for me to chuck a stat in that Algeria have scored more goals at this World Cup than England have scored in their last two combined? <laughs> that is right, isn't it? So, and they kept a clean sheet yeah. against England in the last World Cup. They as did well. in they possibly the worst game of football I've ever seen. Yeah, that I, would... I don't think that's a bad. I, I think you're right. I, 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 I want to not agree with you. I, there must be worse than that, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was so bad. I have such painful memories of it. Yeah. A few awful. games make me feel like that. Bloody mm. awful. No, I think that my moment of the first round. I did enjoy the Daniel Suarez goal very much, but uh, when when Iron Robin. Outpaced Ramos in the uh, in the the, Hol- uh, the Netherlands Spain game. That, that was the moment where you thought this World Cup could be the greatest thing that's ever happened to all of our lives. Yeah, isn't that the fastest a player had ever run in a World that's Cup? What, or that's what everybody said, Jim. Yeah. It was said on this show. That's what yeah. FIFA announced and other shows. How can you how can you sort that out and and get facts like that but not be able to sort out racism? That's what I say. You talking to Jim? No, no, no Jim's no. not a cold ball for racism at all. No. I was going to say, a very, a very liberal man, Jim. Incredibly liberal. Mm. Pull your trousers up while you're at it, Jim. No, um, <laughs> and I was being literal. Ladies Cannot and chain me. <laughs> um, uh, so we've got a, a few games to talk about that we didn't get to talk about last time because that's how the calendar works. Group C, um, Japan won Colombia four. Those Colombians are bloody impressive. They are good at football. 
James Rodriguez with a dink. Mm, perfect dink. Glorious dink. Best dink of the World Cup. Nonchalant. Absolutely. Only, yeah. Is it the only dink of the World Cup? Uh, I think it's the only one that is a certain surefire dink. dink. Yeah. And I, yeah. I doubt we'll see better than that. It was beautiful. The, the, the way he set himself up for it. it was, what a talent. Absolute class. It was good to see Jackson Martinez getting in there because I thought he might start mm. for Colombia in the tournament. I was slightly disappointed for him that he didn't. Obviously, the was manager it? seems to have got his tactics right, as you three wins would uh, testify to. Was it Clark Carlisle, I think, who was saying that uh, he was surprised that a player of Jackson Martinez's quality couldn't get into the Ecuador first eleven. Yeah, there's a good reason yeah. for that, Clark. It's yeah. not factually incorrect. No, he's absolutely right. Oh, come on, it's a slip of the tongue. It's yeah. more of it's a slip of the tongue. I'm defending people who make slips of the yeah, tongue. Now I'm slagging commentators, having yeah. previously defended them. No. That's a summariser, though, not commentator technique. Co-commentator. Well, shut up! <laughs> or in America, they call them colour commentators. Do they? Yeah. Ah, mm. like that. Weird. Um, uh, yeah, Colombia looked bloody good. They were good. They're good going forward. I thought that uh, Japan actually applied themselves quite well in the first half and, uh, of course, got back into the game scoring just before half-time, didn't they? Great header. Mm. And, 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 um, what a header. It was a great header, but it, it felt to me that Colombia actually just stepped up a couple of gears in the yep. second half and they made some changes at half time mm-hmm. as well um, and when they brought Mondragon on towards the end when the game oh, was won, that was crazy well, it's, it's, it's so funny because obviously the guy Beckham scored his first England goal against I know and, and when I was um, the free kick in 98 against yeah. Colombia yeah, um, I actually watched that at Glastonbury which is coincidentally yeah. this weekend there you mm. go um, it's interesting because uh, I mentioned on the last show we did that I thought it was a disgrace that Frank Lampard was given a ceremonial captaincy for, for a game yes. um, and I thought it summed up England's attitude in, t- in general about individuals and stuff like that um, but then you look at something like Mondragon and where he's been given this pretty unnecessary send-off last 10 minutes of a game. But in Colombia's defence, it's a different situation because oh, the game absolutely. was already won and they were already qualified. So, I mean, it's sort yeah. of a slightly different thing. Nine points out of nine, 10 minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. That's, if you're ever going to do it, that's when it's fair enough. The he right. also made quite a good save as well. He did. did. Yeah, with his feet. I yeah, he, he did all right. Well, yeah. he's, he's quite experienced from what I hear. So. Yeah, exactly. the thing was, dealt with shots before. You're right, Jim. <laughs> but the, the, the thing with that was, <laughs> the way they brought him on, the way the commentators were talking about it, it almost made you subconsciously start to think that he's just a competition winner or yeah, something. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt worried for him Love every that. time the ball went yeah. near the goal. Like, yeah. thinking, well, obviously he's very, very good. You've got to keep reminding yourself that he is a professional goalkeeper and has been for ages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 uh, the, the sentimental um, appearance that never was was, of course, when Santos said they were going to bring on Pele in the yeah. uh, World Club Championship yeah. against Barcelona, which never happened. I forget the reasons why. That the 71 or whatever he was at the time or never came on. But it's, it's so interesting with this Colombia thing because, of course, James Rodriguez has played at Monaco and had a good season, and obviously at Porto before that, a good player. Um, and all that type of thing but you do find that a lot of players really make their name properly at World Cup sometimes don't they they still do and and um, it looks like he's going to, to do that I think Absolutely. you can still find him still find him mate still find him yeah they were excellent and the, the, the game which was quite mind boggling was, was Ivory Coast losing 2-1 against Chris I mean yeah. Ivory Coast we, I'm sure a number of people mention it the two previous World Cups they've had terrible groups it's been very unfair and this time you look at the group and you thought right they've got a chance they go into the last game just needing a point mm. against Greece who have been pretty poor up until then mm. and uh, they go 1-0 down and uh, on comes um, uh, Bonnie to, to equalise you think right and then in the dying seconds it gives away penalty Samaras keeps his cool yeah. and it's I've, yeah, actually, it's I've, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of the game I saw the goals and I saw Bubakar Barry eating the grass yep. but I didn't see the penalty was it, was it a penalty? it was a penalty ok right because I heard that it was a bit controversial but, but the thing is just before the penalty is Yaya Toure had the ball burst through um, and I think they had like a four on two situation you've either got to score or keep the ball in the corner and mm. see the game out they lose the ball up go Greece the other. I mean don't get me wrong it's fantastic for Greece mm. a part of me was, felt a bit sorry like 
I thought, oh, the, the, the things at the Ivory Coast, the, the country's been through, it would have been great for them, da da da, da. But then Greece haven't had a blooming no, of course, good no. time well, of it. I mean, either. yeah, it's always been a bit peeing. Sorry, Luke was there recently. Yeah, but sorry, Pete and Luke were there. Yeah, recently. that was yeah. that was the greatest thing to hit Greece in, in many a year. Maybe actually, that spurred yeah. them over the line. Yeah. Um, I was from that completely frivolous note to the point that yeah, Torres obviously had personal problems and, and it's yeah. clearly affected him recently. And it may have, we don't we really know how how far it's affected the squad and of, of course Coa Torres as well. But um, but they should have gone through. You're right with the with the Ari coasting because there's a feeling now, isn't there? They've just come that golden generation in quotes. I mean, you, we we call some squads golden generations even though they don't win anything. But yeah. Ivory Coast clearly had a strong squad for a number of years now. 2006, they had Brazil and Portugal in their group. Uh, Some their last one. Oh, 2006, they had, they had Argentina and, and Netherlands. That's right. In 2010, they had Brazil and Portugal, yep. so it was very difficult. This was an eminently qualifiable group, if that's a word, mm. and they've they've not managed to do it. But yeah, you know, good for Greece. Well done. I mean, Greece actually... They played well, Greece. Came to the tournament with a reputation of not scoring goals and not playing very well and being boring and not conceding. But actually, against Ari Coast, as you said, from what I saw, they, they actually put some nice moves together and stuff. So Yeah, they, yeah, well, they, they can certainly knock it about. They are just a bit blunt up front. So they they know what their weaknesses are and they play around them and it's it's exactly what they did and you know fair play to them for sticking to a game plan. Obviously, when they won Euro two thousand and four, you know a lot of people criticised them for being boring. But let's remind ourselves of this again because this will never not amaze me. Greece <laughs> won the Euro two thousand and four, and you so can't take that away from them. Exactly, stick yeah. it on them. Did they it, not fail to qualify like, for World Cup two thousand. I think six. they did. Yeah. You know, when Uruguay won the World well, Cup in... failed, nine, maybe Euro when, when Uruguay won the World Cup in 1950, mm. no one now is telling you how well or how type of football they played. <laughs> They're just telling you exactly. they won it. And, and no one could take that away from Greece. Mm. And Greece will play Costa Rica in the next round now. And winnable. They could be yeah. quarter-finalists. Try telling Dino's off and Paolo Rossi that Brazil were the best team in the 82 World Cup. Bothered. <laughs> could not give a flying donkey's dick whilst polishing his medal. Yeah, yeah. That is with, it, ladies and gentlemen. With the tears of the Brazil squad. <laughs> Oh, but we played the best. Yeah, but we won. I do love that Brazil team as well. Oh, we say. all love yeah. them. I think they're the last Brazil team that have been truly considered a great Brazil team, even though two of them have won the World Cup <laughs> no, since. I know. It's, it's almost like Brazil Brazil have won so many World Cups and they're so good, they, they can they afford to, to disown a World Cup win yeah. in 1994. Apparently, they just don't even re- re- revere it that, that highly. No. And the funny thing is, like, obviously, a lot of their supporters nowadays would, would, would never, wouldn't have been alive for 70 or 82, maybe. <laughs> and... But you could imagine them uh, watching old videos of those tournaments, and then but watching the games in their entirety, like the tournaments being played out again, and mm. celebrating as if they've won the Sydney well, World Cup. If England won the World Cup by drawing every group game nil nil, mm-hmm. getting through on a toss of a coin, then winning every game after that on penalties, on corner kicks, with not play- <laughs> <laughs> without playing any strikers, we would still have about a week's national holiday. We Absolutely, would. yeah. We would go on and on and on <laughs> yeah. and bloody on, yeah. Um, but but that will never happen. But yeah, I mean, so don't worry. Just to reiterate that, Greece are playing Costa Rica in the next round. Yeah, we, yeah. we well, could we be looking at quarter finalists there. Talk about the second round in, in, right. in, in good time, my good man. Sorry, Dad. Um, uh, that's okay. Uh, group E, <laughs> we've seen the first hat trick of the tournament. No, yes. No, Thomas Muller, Muller sorry, got Muller the first hat trick. Yeah. Sorry, forgive me. Um, uh, but Shakiri got the World Cup's fiftieth hat trick. Mm. His, hip, his hips don't lie. They don't. I no. do. I'm quite mesmerised by the way he moves. He's a very squat, bull type man, and I like Light. that. Yeah. He is wide and he's strong. Yeah. Clearly very strong. He's, uh, what was it, about 25 yarder in the top corner. Beauty. That was the first kind of long ranger. Well, Jim was... Of Jim that, was, I mean, OK, the, the, the lad from the US, 
Um, that was a beauty. Yeah, but, one. but, yeah, but top corner stole from yeah. Long Ranger, yeah. Mm. High yeah. Ranger. High Ranger. That's <laughs> one. Uh, a lone High Ranger. But Jim, you were lamenting the uh, lack of that type of goal yeah. earlier in the competition, so you must have been Got delighted. One. I was. And, and, uh, and Luke, you, you were talking up the Swiss. Yeah, I think, I mean... So they got a good win there. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I don't really know how good... Well, I do know how good Honduras are, and that's not very. But I don't know how to judge Switzerland still. I mean, they've got a very tough game in, in the second round, and if they want any chance of, of getting past Argentina, they're really going to have to step up. Honduras are tricky to break down. They are, and they did it well. Um, the only thing is that this is the only real test... I suppose Ecuador aren't too bad, and they got through that. But again, they had to rely on a last-minute winner, didn't they, mm. from Seferovic? Mm. But in the game against uh, France, they simply just didn't show up, and... and if they do that against Argentina, they'll get pumped again. Yeah. So they need to they need to really get back to what they're good at, which is not conceding many goals, not giving much away, yeah. and seeing if they can nick it. It'll be a huge surprise if they get past Argentina. And my rationale for bigging up Switzerland before the tournament was that I thought that France were a bit unreliable, and Switzerland could then win the group and play Nigeria. And um, obviously, as it worked out that way, because France has been very good. France drew nil nil with Ecuador. It's not too much. Sad, it wasn't man. a great game. Yeah. No, I saw. I was a bit. I was a bit annoyed on behalf of Benzema. I mean, I mean, to be fair to France, I did go for it. I mean, at one point they had Remy, yeah. Giroud, and Benzema on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. And I thought Benzema would get another couple, actually, because um, he's definitely capable and he's in rich form. And you know what it's like with strikers. Once they're hot, they're hot, especially yeah. in these types of tournaments. Mm. They, always, they almost operate inside a bubble, don't they? Look That's at right. Muller. Look how much Muller loves the World Cup. But when I saw that Valbuena Nine was... the World Cup, guys. I know, I know. In eight games or something. I don't know how many games it is, but about eight. It's 24. Yeah. yeah but, um, Serious threat for the all-time record. Oh, yeah. He should, he should. If he carries on like this, he'll definitely beat it. You know, actually, sorry, um, I'm thinking of closer, but there was an amazing stat on, on the BBC the other day, which closest furthest out goal of all of his World Cup goals was a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Average of eight yards per goal, I Brilliant. think. Brilliant. Yeah. But the, I was just going to say the Benzema thing. I think he really struggled when Valbuena wasn't picked. And I think, yeah. obviously, Valbuena will be picked for the game against Nigeria, and I don't think they'll have too much problem. I think Benzema might well score again. But um, they did go for it, France. They, they just found it tough. Yeah, I think Benzema, Giroud and Remy were all guilty of some quite... Just stupid shots, just straight at the goalkeeper every time. And Paul Pogba, in particular, had a really, really poor game. Nothing seemed to come off for him at all, and it was it was a shame because he's one of the players I've, I've you know been looking forward to seeing a little bit more of. Uh, he and Griezmann actually, and Griezmann had an okay game, but um, yeah, it, it was a shame. Uh, I'm sure there's more to come from Paul Pogba. Well, but that Pogba, won't do his chances of being more any good. I thought the Ecuador keeper played well, though. Basically, I mean, they had a lot yeah, of shots them at him, though, weren't they? But he had that. Um, Savory pushed onto the post, which is a very good save. And um, also, Valencia, when Valencia got sent off, they just mm. essentially went into survival mode, thinking, oh, we're not going to go through here. So they, they, and it made it half of France. I, I, I know what you're saying. They probably need a bit more clinical. Similar to England against Uruguay, actually, and against Italy. It's yeah. been more clinical in the final third. But I mean, France, you know, they've scored, um, what, eight goals. Yeah. Um, oh, generally, they've been great. I mean, against yeah, Switzerland, you, they were fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. There was less if, riding on it. So, they, yeah. yeah, exactly. If they are going to have a game where they're a little bit blunt, perhaps, or, or, or one or two individuals don't perform, well, yeah. let's do it That's in the, the third group. Game when you're already through. Um, Argentina, they qualify with, with, with nine points as well. Mm. They beat Nigeria 3-2. What a start to the game. Yeah. And then Nigeria <laughs> hit them straight back. Yeah. Just, it one of the games of the tournament. Wasn't yeah. it? It's it was fantastic. Funny how, uh, you know, Argentina won every game. Lionel Messi has scored four goals and has scored in every game. Mm. And you get the sense that from both them and him, there's still more to come. They have been a bit suspect mm. at the back. and A little a little bit at the back. I, I, I looked at Argentina there, and especially when they went 3-2 and they started playing, 
you just saw it in their eyes. Mm. They're just, they are growing. And, and yeah, I think they are growing. See, I don't think Brazil are growing. No. I'm prepared to, to have egg on my face next, on Monday when we do the next show. Yep. They'll go through with Chile easy. But I don't think they are growing, but I do think Argentina are Absolutely. growing. Absolutely. I think Argentina, the way they, they, they scored, took their foot off the gas a little bit. Nigeria scored as well. They'll learn from that. But I know they've been a little bit suspect at the back. But they are the kind of indications that the manager go, right, you see what happens when you switch off. We're brilliant going forward. Yeah. Sort this out. So actually, that may be a blessing in disguise, that type of goal, in a weird way. I mean, they've conceded three goals in the group, in a group where they're by far the best team in it. Yeah. So that is perhaps a concern for them. But then they're playing... So two of those goals game. in a game where they're already qualified. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I mean, you still don't want to be conceding them. No, you, that's fine, but no defender ever wants to concede a goal. No, but, but I also, think... Also, sorry to cut in, Marcus, mm-hmm. the, the mentality is so different in a knockout game. You know, you, you really see what teams are made of when, it, yeah. when, it's, when everything is riding on it and... I th- they'll step up I'm sure of it I think Argentina have just been have been you know almost like a boxer throwing a few punches getting a feel for the for the field of play hmm. just you know okay we're in Brazil get used to the, the surroundings get used to the great support they've got hmm. they're just feeling their way yeah okay they've they've you know, Messi's had to bring a couple of moments out the bag. Do you think that with um, Aguero being injured, Levetsi will just slip straight in, slot straight in there? Then? Yeah, I think that may give them more balance. Yeah, yeah. okay. I don't, it's weird when you say that. It's in, in Aguero the same, has, has seemed out of sorts the whole he time. He has, yeah. I mean, in the same way with France, with Ribéry not being there, perhaps that's given them a little bit mm. more balance in a weird way. Um, did you hear about the uh, Lionel Messi free kick and Vincent and Yama thing? Oh, yeah. You know, um, I thought he could have done better, actually. Yeah, well, so, so for those who didn't see it, the, the Messi had a free kick and, and Yama saved it, and not not long after that he had another free kick in pretty much the same position he stuck it in mm. and Yama looked really pissed off yeah. and then apparently uh, I read today that Yama said to the referee afterwards referee why would you give so many free kicks to Lionel Messi he's so good and I'm so shit <laughs> <laughs> but Yama's been great and one yeah, of my favourite things actually about the group stage um, as well has been him just screaming at his defenders mm. like, I, f- oh, I feel yeah, like I can really hear it not just through the microphones on the TV but actually in my flat <laughs> it's <laughs> actually, brilliant as someone who plays as as a defensor, I prefer that from a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, because he can see everything. Two yeah. clean sheets. Yeah, yeah I think he's a good excellent. goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he's a good. Goal. I think Nigeria are, are obviously going to um, going to struggle against France, and, yeah. and it probably in a big way. But they've shown that they've but got a goal. They've, they've grown as well. They started mm. off so poorly, but I think they, you know they've surprised a few people with how how well they played in the two games after that. Well, so I, I I said on the the live show, I said of all the African teams, I fancy them to go the furthest. Well, this is mm. the thing with it, isn't it? You, you never know. Like there might be a sending off. There might be a penalty yeah. in, in the You're knockout right. stages. But with this, with that's this just seismic. That's what feeds into your point, Jimmy, but and completely endorses what you're saying that knockout football there is no second chance mm. there, I mean okay for a lot of these teams the third group game is a bit like that yeah. but this is really sort of safety net removed if one of your players makes a mistake you know and gets sent off or scores an own goal completely change the whole dynamic of the game it's why it's so exciting and, and actually you, you fall into a trap of thinking oh it's not going to get much better than this than the group stage because the group stage you've got so many games but actually the tension and the drama and the quality does tend to ramp up because yep. the best teams mm-hmm. come through and they know they can't really um, well you say that but obviously Spain did it last time oh, right. whenever they won 1-0 but you know what I mean generally mm-hmm. teams do tend to go for it more Bosnia and Herzegovina it was good to see them beat Iran 3-1 yeah, it was but... the most unenthusiastic win I've 
Well, it's great that they just look. It looked like a wake, didn't it? It's good that they got their first World Cup win. Yeah, of course. So if they qualify again, that monkey won't be on their back. A very, yeah. like, very young country. I mean, this is a country that's celebrating their first win in the World Cup, as you said. Yeah. Before that, they were celebrating their first goal at a World Cup. Mm. And and obviously, we're used to being uh, supporting a country who've been around f- since way before we were all born, and we're sort of used to it and take it for granted. I mean, mm. it's, a, it's a building process for them, for sure. Probably. And if you, ta- if you take all those players from the former Yugoslavia, there's, so many, there's oh, such a hotbed of talent around oh, there, yeah. you know. So, I mean, it's certainly going to get better for them, I think. I think they'll really learn from this, and the next qualification process, they'll probably be even stronger. Oh, they'll be, yeah, they'll be well up for it, and they, they've had a they've had a taste of yeah. the uh, a taste of the biscuit, taste of the biscuit. Um, uh, in Group G, there were no G's banged by Clint Dempsey and the boys, no. but they but he they, wanted his end got banged again. Yeah, he but, wanted it bad. Yeah, you see him in the um, in the national anthems. Yeah, he just looked like he wanted to start rapping. <laughs> it was so funny. It was like it was like Eight Mile with Eminem before he got to go on stage and did the rap battle. Um, the Germans, of course, won one nil. Have you seen the FIFA have revoked the ban of Franz Beckenbauer? So you can go and watch Germany yeah. play. Good day to bury news. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. What a shame, mate. And in, in, in the crucial game in that group, really, Portugal beat Ghana two one. Of course, US qualified on the uh, goal difference. But the, U- the USA Germany game I, that was the game I watched. Yeah, I and watched we haven't that. had time to rewatch all the games. What about the rain? But yeah, and mm. it was it was one of those dramatic. I thought it was going to be one of those dramatic type affairs where maybe USA were going to get a win mm. or something. And but, San Martin Palermo knocks in the winner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Runs on the pitch. And Maradona belly slides down there. <laughs> Remember that. Um, but in actual fact, the USA were quite below par, I thought. And um, and uh, Germany maybe just did enough, I, I, I would suggest. But USA... I don't think USA should be scared of Belgium. I think they, they, no, I don't. They showed a bit, and, and they've actually got a good, hard-working unit there. Uh, I, think, I know this makes me sound like I'm just being reactionary and just snarly for no reason, but I, I think USA are better than England. Yeah, they're, they're a, yeah, they're a good unit. They're a good team. You know, I, th- I think that the, the US, when they started to believe and they came forward against Germany, they had some nice moments. But that final pass, I think Bradley's a good player. Yeah, you know, in the centre of that midfield. But there was a couple of times where his touch was just off. Yeah, and, you, and you've got to. That's all, <clears throat> excuse me. It's all very well in a group game when you're playing a team like Ghana Ghana are a good team don't get me wrong but against Ghana you know, if, if, if your chance goes you probably will get another one yeah. mm. um, uh, whereas against Germany if you, if you miss the if you miscontrol the ball on the edge of the box when you've got a shooting chance that it's those things the, the margins I think yeah. I get the impression with Michael Bradley who is a very talented player and we've seen him play at some good clubs um in Europe, that he actually tries maybe a bit too hard to show that he's such a good player. Yeah. I well, think his dad was a player. I think it, I, maybe this is a really stupid way to look at it and the obvious thing, but it really does look exactly like that, doesn't it? Like he's proven he's there on his own merit rather than nepotism. It's interesting that you bring that side of it up because I was, I was. Now you, now you mentioned that it makes sense, but I was sort of thinking that because he's maybe got a reputation for being one of the better players, like him and Dempsey and, and Donovan, who obviously we've not seen at this World Cup, he maybe feels like he has to lead for it by example, and maybe he tries a bit too much to overdo it a little bit because he actually made the mistake that led to the equaliser for the Portugal goal didn't he mm. when he should have just done it, done it simple yeah. and I get the impression he's working a bit too hard and it might be because of the reason you're saying Jim it's not completely out of the question I wouldn't have said yeah. um, uh, as I say Portugal beat Ghana 2-1 the Ghanaian cash convoy didn't yeah. inspire the black yeah. stars what was that all about oh, it was just, it's just nonsense Jerome Valka just said we'd prefer a, a bank transfer next time please yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's crazy why did they do that well, I, I mean obviously players were arguing that, but they're worried uh, maybe, I don't know maybe the Ghanaian FA was so annoyed 
annoyed with them they paid them in pennies or something. <laughs> <laughs> they were obviously worried they're not going to get paid the money that's owed to them. So, yeah, you know, strange, you, isn't it? Yeah, Which, I mean, that sounds like the sort of, you know, the fable of sport modern footballers, but some of those players, they won't earn what, you know, yeah, the, the European... And also, if you've been promised the money to do something and you're doing it, then you yeah, should be yeah, paid for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's it's often uh, the case with some of the, the African sides. It's yeah. a real shame. Mantari and Prince Bamatang were sent home. Mm. Yeah, that, was a, that really unsettled them. I, I, I mean... Of course, Kevin Prince Boateng is a bit of a, a, a sort of funny character, as far as I mean. He didn't want to play for Ghana did he, until he no. realised they qualified. Well, that, that would put your nose out if you're a Ghanaian player. Yeah, but he's taking the place of someone else. That's right, and so that's, that's obviously unfair. I'd imagine he, I wouldn't have thought he'd be coming back to play for that Ghana team ever again. After doesn't look like it, and, and obviously that Montari, they're both good players. That's the thing. And, then, and before a game where okay, they probably weren't fancied to qualify because the damage had been done to a certain extent. Um, it's still an unsettling thing they didn't need ahead of the uh, ahead of the game. The f- frustrating thing for Ghana was when it was one all, they were coming forward, and you thought with the, with Germany beating the US, they're going to go through here. I'm pretty sure it was goal poised. Was done, it was poised at one point. I think it needed a one or maybe two goal swing at one point, and USA were struggling. Yes, and it did look like it could happen. The but Germans I mean, were going to win that game, and Ghana, you thought, go on, push it over. When it was actually ended up with Portugal winning, and Ronaldo could have had a few. Mm. Nice reaction from the keeper when he saved uh, that Ronaldo penalty uh, header. Sorry, I, I, I do pump in the air. Yeah, I see. I think I think with Ronaldo, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because. We always criticise him. Some well, we don't always, but sometimes we criticise him for trying to do it all himself. I was pleased he scored. I yeah. was, and I also was even more pleased when I remembered that he had fired them to the World Cup in the playoff, pretty much single-handedly against Sweden. Yeah, I mean, and no one was complaining about him trying to do it all himself then. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But if he had got another three goals, they would have gone through probably. Yeah. So I mean, you can understand it because he feels like he's being let down. I don't think it was captain's behaviour to say the things he said after the second game. No. Um, and you know that probably wasn't great given they've got another game to go and they're still not out of it. But I mean, you know, he's a talented player, and, and they, they're better off with him, I think. Yeah, but, but of course. Th- but I th- it's not a huge surprise for me that they didn't go through because if you do take him out of that team, then they're an average side. It's funny, isn't it? Because the Chile thing. Remember the Chile thing I said last week about if you put Ronaldo in there, yeah. they're a better team. I don't think they are. I guess it just depends on the mentality of the players involved, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. In Group H, uh, uh, Belgium they beat South Korea one nil. Nine points for the Belgians. Um, I quite admired Hong Myung Bo, the South Korean coach. What you see, he's an absolute legend. Yeah, yeah. They call him the, the Korean ever player, is that right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, playing four World Cups. I think he was. Uh, I think he won this, the the bronze ball in two thousand and two. The only Asian player to have uh, to have won such an accolade at a wow. World Cup. Wow. Okay. Cup. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Korean sweeper. I think they call him because he used to play as a libero at times. Nice. nice. Quite nice. Um, yeah, South Korea, obviously a disappointing World Cup for them because you look at them and they've got some talented players and they've got a good group mentality there. But they've they've been on the end of a, of a couple of bad results, most notably the Algeria one. And he just said the players did their best, but it was my shortcomings as a coach that caused this result. Oh. You, well, I, I, I don't know enough to, to suggest otherwise, but fair enough. Though. What, he stood up and he's, he's taken the blame. From though. what I saw of the last game, that, that just wasn't true against Belgium. Even with Belgium down to 10 men, South Korea, they just weren't good enough. It was the final balls and it was mm. the, you know being clinical, which which they lacked so but I think you, that might just be him being very humble but, but you think, fair enough but do you think maybe he's saying it, it, perhaps he is such a legend in South Korea that if he says it's my fault no one's going to criticise him too much I don't know what the football media are like in South Korea funnily enough maybe maybe he just wants, research, mate. <laughs> maybe he just wants to take responsibility and say that yeah. you know I'm, I'm in charge of this team and we haven't been good enough mm. I'll, tell, I'll tell you Sonic Capello wouldn't be saying that <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. that was because it leads us on neatly to, uh, to Algeria 1 Russia 1 Capello said Capello basically just said Again, everyone, not a single fuck given. Yeah. <laughs> I do what I want, when there, I want. If there is one thing we can complain about at this World Cup, it's the refereeing. I have kept quiet, but now it's over. Keegan? Oh, yeah. Keegan? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my goodness! And then he mentioned about his yeah, time with knitwear, England. Your knitwear hasn't kept quiet. <laughs> the, loudest, the loudest sweater on show so far. Well, he's he's, he's clearly worried about his um, his legacy as a manager because he's not really done it at international football. Yes, he qualified well with England, but they mm. were awful at the tournament. And it's a shame because he was a magnificent manager at club level. Well, I mean, he's won he's won the the league with Real Madrid, which I mean, if you're going to be ultra critical, you'd say that's par mm. because it's Real Madrid. Yeah. And then before that, you have to go back to 2001 when he won the. The Scudetto with Roma. With who? Yeah, that is Roma. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm saying. Right. But that was 12, 13 years ago. It's too old, you know. You know. You live, you live off that for a bit, don't you? Tell me your biggest achievement 13 years ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's difficult. Well, it's something Oasis related, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I wouldn't see Oasis. Nedworth yeah, or something like that. Yeah. It was no. It and was you should be credited for that. It was '96. Nedworth, whatever. You're so stupid, Jim. You've shown yourself up there. I, I'm not the Oasis historian that you are. Uh, Capello, Capello, Capello. Yes, he talked about England, and he said, as, "As for my time with England, we made the second round where we lost because of a goal that led to the introduction of technology." So, is he claiming that? Seems that way. His legacy is maybe the technology. Stuff. Even more revisionist, in my opinions, on England. <laughs> yeah. and, and when asked if he was making excuses he said maybe you've got the wrong guy I've never been to one to look for excuses he also said that uh, Akin Fiev the, the keeper making the mistake which led to uh, another goal against Russia the laser was in his face it's not an excuse you can see it in the footage well, it was but I mean I don't think it dazzled Akin no, Fiev no. and I think he's been poor all tournament no, no. if you're talking top three worst keepers in the tournament Petakosa, Casillas and Akin Fiev mm. we've got an email here Oh, good. An email yep. from 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 Tom uh, from Tom Newton, who says uh, uh, my mate Nico was in a hotel in Geneva about two weeks ago at the same time as the Russian football team who were playing a friendly that evening. The scene is set, ladies and gentlemen. Nico went down to breakfast and saw none other than Fabio Capello getting some cornflakes. I like that he's a cornflakes man. Yeah. Mm. Um, Nico, being Italian, not to mention a Roma fan, of course he won the Scudetto with Roma, as we've mentioned, thought it would be nice to go over and say hi and get an autograph or whatever. The conversation apparently went something like this. Nico, good morning, Mr Capello. Fabio, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Does not care. <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> Does oh, the not way, care in, about anything. In the email, he's also taken the time to include a photo of Fabio Capello in a Real Madrid training jacket, yep. giving it the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you don't know what Capello saying fuck off looks like. It's the sign good. language equivalent. Absolutely fantastic. I, yeah. was dis- I was really... I've been, I, I, Russia have been poor. Yeah, I didn't mm. really expect too much different, but I was actually going to say, and this sounds preposterous because they've qualified for the second round, and well done to them. Mm. I thought Russia were there for the taking and Algeria could have been a bit better. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they knew how to approach the game and mm. I don't think they had the bravery to go on and win it. But Russia did... I mean, they scored early. So I think he took the Algeria course, yeah. a while to get the equaliser. That's a fair And point, I think yeah. the mentality is... the game so much. When, when you take about an hour or whatever it was to get the equaliser, you think, thank goodness, we're in a position here. And, the, you know, with, with 25 minutes left, whatever it was... It's hard to kind of kick on and go. And I'll go put it in perspective. They've lost their first game and they've still qualified. Yeah, it's yeah. a great turnaround yeah. for them. They'll be. I think they might be only the fifth or whatever team to do that because we. Is we it should, the first time in their history? I think it qualified. is. But I think we're not saying. I haven't, I haven't checked this, so I don't, this might, might be wrong. But did we not say when we were talking about England losing to Italy that only four out of forty-six teams have qualified? Yeah, that's right. So they, they must be the fifth then. If I'm missing, unless I'm missing something. So that's a great achievement for them. Absolutely. The scenes in Algiers were amazing. You see the footage. Unfortunately, I think two people died. Did they? Wow, yeah. it's unbelievable. It yeah. Really intense, very dramatic. Yeah, real shame because when you saw those scenes, it was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. So um, obviously got, yeah, there was a couple of accidents in there, which is, which is which is terrible. But on footballing front, an amazing achievement for, for yeah. Algeria. Um, and, uh, on that group, what do you think to Belgium, Jim? Um, I think they've been 
interesting in a lot of people have been very disappointed with them but perhaps we were expecting a different style of play than that that they actually put forward like a lot of the, the pundits have been saying that, that actually if you look at the players they've got they're a big team they're very physical they're not actually going to sort of dazzle by you know winning every game 4 or 5 nil. and perhaps we've just been expecting them to be something they're not so they've been talked been, up a lot haven't exactly, they exactly but they won every game uh, mm. one of which when they were down to 10 men so you know um, you can't ask for anyone exactly that, right? I, th- I, th- I think they're perhaps just a sterner <clears throat> tougher side than we expected and we may have to readjust our expectations of them but they've, they've, they've disappointed and yet qualified really really strongly it's a strange one similar to Argentina I suppose because everyone's talking uh, yeah. about them being a, actually oh, maybe they're not such a dark horse they won every game yeah they were fifth favourites when the game when the tournament kicked off so I mean they're, they're fan- well fancied I mean of course I said that USA shouldn't be fearful of Belgium based on their performances mm. but Belgium would take that wouldn't they yeah on 70 minutes they just they crack on they, they would indeed more uh, World Cup chat after this message Listeners to the Football Ramble are eligible for a fantastic offer with Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and simple to build your own professional website and online shop. The easy-to-use drag-and-drop tools, responsive designs and 24-7 customer support teams based in New York and Dublin mean you can create a beautifully designed website for as little as £5 a month. This includes a free domain name when you sign up for a year. Seamless e-commerce solutions mean that your business can be taking money in minutes. So when you sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RAMBLE to get 10% off and show your support for the Football Ramble. No credit card required. Start building your website today. A better web starts with your website. Well, let's talk about the second round then, mm. in its uh, in its glory. Uh, first up, Brazil versus Chile. Hello. This mm. is a this is a hard one to call. Alexis Sanchez is touting the Chile win. Did you see that interview with him? Fighting no. talk. Big talk. Yeah. Fighting. I talk. think I think Chile are up for this in a way that they've uh, they've not been before when playing Brazil as we said before and others have said that uh, psychologically when they go into the game against Brazil it's a bit of an Italy-Germany thing that Germany always think oh Italy always beat us yeah. Yeah. but I think this time the, the noise is coming from that Chile camp and the way they're playing I mean they're playing some of the best football they've played in years well they should look I don't want to go over old ground too much because we knew this was a fixture beforehand mm. in the last show but Chile should look at Brazil's performances and look at the pressure they're under and of course mm. one or two players like Neymar for example is stepping up and seems to be relishing it um, but Chile should look to that team and say there's nothing to be scared of here yeah. now, Chile's record in Brazil is poor I think they've played 26 times they've lost 20 and they've drawn only 6 mm. let's not forget that they don't need to win in 90 minutes mm. they don't need to beat them in their own backyard they can draw them and beat them on penalties if it goes that way but I think you're right Marcus and I think overall I'll, I would tip the balance in favour of, of Chile actually performing because they look like um, they really they really want it and, and one of the things Sanchez um, Sanchez said which really impressed me not just oh, we're, we're going to beat Brazil which I, I mean anyone could say that you know it's fine but he actually said um We've come here to make history, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and so like it, it was like so matter of fact that I actually really believed it. Now, of course, he is probably their best player, so I mean mm. the others may not be quite as confident as him, but it was really but, good to see. But he, as he is their best player, oh well, Vidal might differ on that, but he's the one on the pitch because Vidal's had a, a bit of injury trouble. If that's your best player who's saying that and coming out and saying that, that must give you self-belief, surely. As well, the problem Brazil have is that they look slightly chaotic at times and a little bit disorganised, and Chile are arguably one of the most organised teams at the World Cup. So if they just keep their shape and just, you know, play as they play their normal game as they do then the pressure will all go on to Brazil if things don't start to work out and I think Chile will be able to stand up to that because they are so well drilled they're such a fit team as well I think that uh, the tactics 
behind this game are absolutely extraordinary um, trying to work it out because Chile prefer to go at teams now, even the, you know mm. the Dutch knew that and the Dutch sat off them and picked them off very well actually and, and, and got it spot on but yeah. with, with Brazil they had to make changes though and they had to really force it and, Chile, yep. and Chile, I think Chile when Chile went 1-0 down I think they thought mm, okay yeah. we'll have a go at Brazil but this is different Brazil have to be on the front foot. They have to be. Mm. There is no two ways about that. That's what they'd have to do. So if Chile can adapt to that and 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 play on the counter, because they are devastating on the counter, yeah. such pace and such cohesion and such a unit as well. When you think of that Chile side, they're the, one of the best units at the tournament. You think of their players all moving as one, mm. so well-balanced. Yeah. If they can get that right against Brazil... We've seen the, the the state of the Brazilian fullbacks at times and that and, and that backline. Surely they'll get chances and get in. They behind. will get chances. And one thing that's evident of, of, of this World Cup is if Brazil are to fulfil what they were considered to be their destiny and, and lift this trophy, they are going to have to do it the hard way. They are. They're going to have to beat. Uh, they're going to have to beat different types of opposition mm. in different ways. There's no easy route for them. No. They're going to have to basically beat Chile. Mm. And they're going to probably then have to beat Colombia, yep. who are a very different type of opposition, who are really difficult to, to keep mm. under wraps. Look at the. I mean, Jack, what's his name? James Rodriguez could become the player of the tournament. They've got to keep mm. him quiet. Yep. Then they've got to go on and probably beat Netherlands, which is a completely different challenge again. Maybe France or Germany. Oh, France or Germany, which is a completely different challenge yep. again. So Europe, the point was it's a European type of, yeah, type yeah, yeah, of yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously there's the final, which comes with its own problems. So it's going to be very difficult for them. And I, I do actually... I, it's easy to say, of course, mm. but I do actually fancy Chile for this. Well, I, I think, having said all that about Chile, if Brazil look at Chile and think, OK... Australia at times caused Chile problems. Brazil can be a big physical side. Yeah, People always think about the Samba and with Brazil and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, OK. But Brazil can be dirty as well, and they can be very physical. And if and if, if, if Oscar could put in some of the crosses that he did against Croatia, you know, Fred might actually prefer that. Mm. Um, get some of the, 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 the bigger guys in there, especially from set pieces then they could cause Chile a lot of problems there. Yeah, they could, but I think they rely too much. They're, they're such a, the only thing that may change, or the key thing that may change, is the dropping of Paulinho to replace with Fernandinho. That yeah. would probably give them a lot mm. more, because Paulinho's been poor. Mm. But for me, from what I've seen, and I've seen every game, they've... Um, They've relied on Neymar and to a certain extent Oscar too much to bail them out. And and, yeah. and that is fine. And you may well be able to do that. You may well be able to get through and win the World Cup because those two players are great players and they've got functional players elsewhere on the team. But it's a much more of a gamble, kind of gambling way of doing it. This is Big Fred's time. Could be. Could be. Yeah. What do you reckon, Jim? Uh, Fred's time. I don't know if it'll be Fred, but I do think, um, I think it'll be Brazil going through. I think Neymar's just been magical so far, even in a very heavily criticised team. So he's the one that, that Chile are really going to have to. I'd say Brazil, stop. Brazil are worried about Chile because Scolari said as much. And also, did you hear about the Brazilian news helicopter mm. called spying on the Chilean training session? Mm. What do you think will happen with the crowd if it's nil nil at halftime? Well, let me finish on the story. The, the, oh, sorry, the helicopter. I did quite like what uh, we uh, love a helicopter on this show, don't we? We do. Well, I like, like we talk about helicopters a lot. <laughs> yeah, not enough at, though. At the same time, <laughs> I think we've gone a few shows without one. Yeah. Um, Maurizio Isla, the Chilean player, said we tried to hit. We, had, we tried to hit the helicopter with the ball but we couldn't wow I wouldn't have thought he would fly that low it's really dangerous like some sort of, I admire the gumption though yeah the pluck <laughs> some sort of army helicopter so basically it sounds really like low. such a fun game doesn't it trying to hit a helicopter with a football yeah, they've yeah. not thought it through if it works they're going to kill a man <laughs> <laughs> because it's going to crash and potentially themselves because yeah. it's got to land somewhere yeah. I don't think either one have thought it through no but how far do you have to go 
How near do you have to be with a helicopter to get... I mean, were they flying that close? They were trying to listen to the tactics as well. Hang on a minute. You never know. Yeah. Um, well, they have, the winner of that game, of course, will play Colombia or, or Uruguay. Do you think, speaking of Uruguay, do you think people are absolutely doing the nut that we haven't talked about Suarez yet? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> should, we, should we wait a bit? Just ignore it. <laughs> um, uh, Chiellini has said that the Suarez ban is a bit excessive. Um, the, was, that, was he just making a pun? Yeah, to the um, to the Twitter follower who tweeted us the other day saying, well done to you guys for concentrating on the game and not letting uh, the uh, Suarez bike get in the way and, and, fulfill, and fill all your, your coverage. Listen away now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, about to, we're, about to wake, we're about to wake up for that. Yeah, we've got more information now. Yeah. We were just waiting. Oh, yeah. my goodness. We've got a track record of getting these things wrong, so we wanted to wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what on earth? Jim. Yeah, well, th- what's really frustrating about it is the way... I, I think the way the, Uruguay, the Uruguayan FA have acted um, is frustrating because it allows Suarez to think of himself as a victim again. Mm-hmm. And obviously I don't know the man, I don't know how re- he reacts to these things, but it seems he's absolutely incapable of taking responsibility for the consequences of his actions. Mm-hmm. He surely can't see himself as the victim here. Now, it, it, obviously, perspective is important. Yeah, he, he did only bite someone. He's not broken anyone's leg or anything, but it's, it's the sort of premedicated nastiness mm. of it and you know you get people on the flip side of that as well not medicated he wasn't it wasn't under the influence I, of drugs I thought I said pre I don't know maybe it was <laughs> medicated you said medicated did I yeah. the, the medicated yeah. okay well I, I didn't mean him. that yeah. <laughs> I bloody I'm, need to I'm yeah. chomping at the bit here mate um, but, I mean, it's just, it's just sound bites. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the other side of it is you get people saying well it's a disgrace you should be banned from football forever if you did that to someone on the street you'd be in prison you would not there is no one in jail for biting someone in the street I, I mean, what you in for no. oh, I bit someone oh I robbed a bank <laughs> to be you're going to be my bitch to be fair if I slid tackled someone in the street it would look a bit odd yeah but I think you'd football. probably not go down no you wouldn't but <laughs> yeah, if I did a professional foul yeah. on somebody but uh, do you think the punishment is fair because obviously it's so lengthy because he's done it twice before and basically just ignored it. the consequences and still seems absolutely adamant that he's done nothing wrong I get the impression that you're right there Jim that, that yeah. if this was a one off if this was the only time he's done something like this then I think it would probably be about three or six games well, banned. Uh, but, but, but I think I think the fact that he's done it twice he's had, he's and had at a World Cup 34 match, matches he's been banned for since 2010 and he's not received one red card according yeah. to Jake Humphreys but, uh, but I think the, the overlying point is he's done this before he's clearly not learned and FIFA have gone not on our watch yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna clamp right down on this so essentially clamp it, down on biting they're, yeah. they're clamping down on biting they're gonna punish him sorry because essentially if he like you got if you like you guys say if, if he if he hadn't done it before it would probably just be a violent conduct thing three game ban mm. I know that if you get caught spitting it's six games I think I think right. and so okay. they, they clearly wanted to give him more than that because they considered it to be more severe than that with the, with the track record he's got of course you can you can justify the punishment and I think it's to me anyway it seems about right but but even club you, games what, well, I just think, you know, Liverpool... It's funny, but the other dimension of this is, is how Liverpool are suffering for it. So yeah. you can say... They, okay, are, well, they are horribly punished there. They're without their best players at the end of October. They are, but Liverpool made a decision, presumably, after his previous indiscretions, some of which were with Liverpool, mm. to say, do you know what? We consider him to be worth the trouble. Yeah. Not only do we consider him to be worth the trouble, um, we will uh, extend his contract, improve his contract. We've decided that 
Yes, he's we, worth the risk. They've, yeah, they've essentially said we know he could do this again because it's what he's like. But we've decided that he's more trouble than he's worth, and mm. so uh, sorry, no, that he's, he's worth more than the trouble. So we're going to stick with it, and they've they've faced the consequences of that. So directly at first glance, it seems like they are being punished unfairly, but actually they're complicit in it because they continue to employ him as a, as a player. So mm. you can't really have too many complaints. I, I've noticed actually. It's quite a lot of Liverpool fans that I know and quite a lot of Liverpool fans I work with and has been a bit of a, a, a sort of shift now. A lot of a few of them said to me yesterday, just get rid of him, just sell him. Yeah. Liverpool are a proud club, they're a illustrious club. Yeah. They they deserve respect for what they've achieved in the game. They're a massive team in not just in the UK but in, in, in Europe. And they don't deserve of course, on one level, to have their club pulled through the mud by this guy. So maybe they need to adjust their priorities and say actually do you know what we're going to move them on now they, and they may well do that that's all f- true and fair but football moves very quickly this will be forgotten relatively soon and he's surely irreplaceable they're not going to get a player of his calibre uh, I would I, I tell you I'm bored and I, I would echo what Gordon Strachan went, started, said the other day uh, in, an was ideal, wasn't he? in an ideal world you would try, treat every single player the same so if, if a 15 year old kid in your youth team does that and you, you fire him which you'd imagine probably would happen mm-hmm. Then, if a, if a 26, 27 year old world class player does that, you also fire him. But in reality, that's never going to happen. Yeah. It's just never going to happen. So, I think Liverpool may start to think, well, okay. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if Suarez starts to, starts to force a move anyway. Well, I think he would have done both one anyway. Barcelona and Real not actually being bothered by this. And surely, actually, mm. that means Liverpool probably won't get as much in terms of a fee as they would otherwise if he can't play until the, the end of October or whatever it is. But I wonder so, whether you know. Liverpool might be in a position of strength because they could say to Suarez, Actually, we don't have to take this money because you've yeah. been—you've essentially been guilty of whatever it is, like gross misconduct here. So we don't actually have to lose out here in a financial sense. True. Um, but I, I just wonder whether—I mean, do you think? And it's a bit of a—I mean, you can't really ever tell. But do you think that he would have tried to force a move if he had a good World Cup? Probably, there's a chance he would. Well, have, I think. it seemed he was laying the ground for that anyway with criticism of the English mm. press and yada yada yada, sort of mm. setting up almost reasons for for his departure. So the, the final thing on the punishment thing is uh, one thing that makes me a little bit uncomfortable is just uh, the continual cycle of punishing someone for committing a transgression and just punishing them and punishing. Them. They're never learning something from no. it. I'd like to see actually people making an effort, and of course it's got to come from Suarez himself. But I'd like to see people uh, uh, sort of at a f- official level. Um, Try and make motions towards actually trying to rehabilitate him because I mean he's obviously got a little bit of a problem. I don't. I think people have gone over the top. I mean, who is it who said that he should be locked in jail forever? So it's, it's just oh, ridiculous. Danny Mills yeah, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, Danny I, I, Mills is in charge of basically bringing some sense to the English game. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. It's going to be a fun. I, 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 I do agree. With you. I think that when people say, "Oh, the, the, the media have gone on and on about it," I don't think. I think in football quarters they're going to. But when you see it on like the BBC six o'clock news, in with stories about what's going on around the world, it's yeah. kind of really if you're not into football, why are you here? On the it? other hand, it is a showpiece event. It's, a, it's the biggest sporting tournament in the world, pretty much. And and it's the eyes of the world. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but the eyes of the world were on that game, and the eyes of the world were on him. Yeah. And he's essentially taken the, brought, you know, dragged the game through the mud and of course he's not essentially caused any long term damage physically to someone but it's a stupid thing to do yeah. and he's done it before and, and so really he's not got a leg to stand on those defending him like sort of talk about his, his pantomime villain status as if it's unfair but he's entirely brought it on himself by going around biting people yeah I completely agree I, mean, I, don't, I don't really think the people the, sen- the sensible people and of course we don't always get a view of the, of the sensible side of things on the internet and stuff but the sensible people would surely concede that actually this is 
this has gone on too long and, and, and the punishment is probably fair. You could argue it's a little bit draconian not that he's banned from all footballing activities mm. for four he, months. He's actually, he's also banned from football admin. So Liverpool can't even make him come in and do the filing or <laughs> no, like, you know, exactly. just make himself yeah. useful. He's, he's banned from training, is that yeah, and, yeah. And, and, which the, is, and the stadium. That's a funny one, isn't it? I think they're I think looking that's into that. They're trying to, so is, apparently his legal team are trying to look into the ins and outs of that because to ban him from training, yeah. that has a serious knock-on effect on him, which is unfair. I think banning him on training is a bit harsh. Yeah. Uh, he's not allowed in stadiums as well. No, he's mind you, it's FIFA. I mean, Franz, Franz Beckenbauer will probably phone him up. Like, Don't worry, mate. They'll yeah. change their mind. In oh, I, I heard he's not actually allowed to touch anything round. No, and he can only play Pro Evo. He can't play FIFA anymore. Is that right? The, the only, <laughs> I was going to say the only thing I, I thought might happen. Is I thought he might get like say. A, a ban from international football that would essentially rule him out of the World Cup and that would see, be seen as being a punishment enough and mm. everyone would say, OK, well, he's been banned for the rest of the World Cup. That's quite harsh. Mm. Um, but I, I actually was a little bit surprised they went as hard as they did. Yeah, but same. we're not have had time to think about it and see what he's done in the past. I just don't really see how you can have any argument against it. Mm. I'll get loads of Liverpool fans giving me shit for that now. But, well, not necessarily. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's how I feel about it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the winner of that game, as, as we say, will play Brazil or, or Chile. And I think, I think actually, we haven't, actually, we haven't talked about this potential fixture, and I think Colombia will be best placed to, to win that game, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's almost, in a strange way, for very different reasons, it's kind of levelled up because Falcao and Suarez are two players you'd put on a similar level. Yeah. So they're both hindered. Well, I love the way Colombia have, have all shared their responsibility yeah. of, of mm. missing out Falcao. I mean, the, the coach has said that he's really chuffed with them, hasn't he? He said that, you know, that he, he thought it could have been a real problem, but they've not let their heads drop. They've really no. worked hard to overcome it. They I, think absolutely, I think they'll win that game. Well, I think they look great, don't they? Yeah. They, they surely will, because Uruguay, without one of their best players, it's suddenly come, um, uh, you know, not long, a few days before that fixture. Uh, they, they, they'll be they'll be very disappointed. They'll be, they, their heads will have dropped mm. because of that. Who do they play now? Well, they'll probably bring in Fallon. He's got a lot of experience. 36 years old. He's, you know, he's not the yeah. player he was. Well, exactly, and It'll probably be the team that played against Costa Rica. What, different, different circumstances. But what did we say about Uruguay when they beat England? We said they. You're right about Forlan. It's a good example. But backs to the walls. They're an experienced team, true, aren't they? they can, if, if you, if you, were, if I was to say to you, name me one team and this was still in this World Cup who would find a way to win. Mm. Uruguay would be quite at the top of the list, wouldn't they? Mm. Tabarez is probably the most canny operator at that tournament. You could argue. I mean, he's uh, well, certainly one of them as a tactician, as a manager to squeeze every last drop out of his players. What do you think? So the, the other side of it is that we don't. Really Really know how good Colombia are yet? They've not really been pushed. It's true. Well, I, what I would say is that, unlike maybe one or two other teams, where their qualification doesn't represent their World Cup form, whether that's in a negative or a positive, Colombia have. They've they've just gone. They've got this momentum. They they qualified very well. Their friendlies before the World Cup were good. They've joined the World Cup they, they, they're just soaring they've, they've carried that all the way through mm. so that would suggest that, that, that they are equipped to, to take on teams like Colombia uh, 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 Uruguay sorry I do, I mean, I'd fancy them to win that game I really would yeah I, I don't disagree. I even just, if Suarez, even if the, they, they'd taken a while to do the ban and, and they decided after the tournament, I'd still fancy Colombia. I don't disagree, so. but I think it would be, all I'm saying is it would just be such a Uruguay thing to do to spoil yeah. that party. Oh, yeah, I, and I don't think Colombia are going to have it easy, though. No, absolutely not. I don't think anybody would ever suggest that. Um, and, and, uh, but uh, but I, th- I think Colombia will win. But, I, but as you say, Luke, it wouldn't surprise me. But, if, but the winner of that game plays... Um, uh, Brazil versus Chile so it's all South American affair yeah. really and they all know each other very well hmm. so sometimes that's quite nice actually sometimes it's great at a tournament where two sides like a France play Nigeria Germany play Algeria teams that never come up against each other don't know each yeah, other I think Costa Rica v Greece is the first time they've ever played each other mm. <laughs> so it's great the World Cup throwing up some great fixtures I mean Brazil, Chile and, Colum- and uh, Netherlands, Mexico they are proper World Cup Absolutely. games yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a prestige there that could happen at like, any time yeah. <laughs> yeah it could couldn't it yeah. mm. it could be, it could be the 1970 World 
World Cup, even though Netherlands probably mm. wouldn't have played much for them. But, but France play Nigeria, Germany play Algeria, two European sides against two, two African sides, and the winner of those two games will play each other. On paper, you'd have to say France versus Germany for the quarterfinal. Game's not played on paper, mate. Exactly. And mm. this World Cup certainly isn't. And the way this World Cup's going, you wouldn't put it past Nigeria to win that game. See, for all Germany's plaudits, well, I think France will get past Nigeria, yeah. but for all Germany's plaudits, I think they've looked a bit Jekyll and Hyde. I think mm. they... OK, you don't know the mentality of them against the USA, but I thought they fired up the game against Portugal with actually quite a poor performance against Ghana, who showed up to be the worst team in the group. Don't write off the Germans. No, you can't write off the Germans. But Remember what they did last time in the group? The second game they lost to Serbia. What Algeria need is... Be- that? Yeah, no, I remember it. But what, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what Algeria need is belief. Yeah, now, I said this last week. Uh, sorry, last show. There are some teams who I don't know if they believe they can beat bigger teams. Mm. And and you know, well, they've Algeria got no experience of it, have they? They, they exactly. go in as underdogs in their own minds. I think Algeria even struggled with the mentality of beating Russia. Yeah, of course, Russia scored early and it was difficult for them. But Algeria need to believe because they've got some talented players. Algeria, they need to believe they can beat Germany. And it's this World Cup. You got a, you get you do get a, it's going to start throwing up a few more well, surprises. I, I think, and there's no reason it can't be Algeria. I think that I think Algeria they've got some good footage to show those Algerian players because all they need to do is show uh, the scenes in Alger in Algiers, mm, yep. the, the capital, the three new up against South Korea of Algeria. You show them that and go look how much they're having it there. Look yeah. how good you are. Exactly. Yeah. They are loving you at the moment. Yeah. Show them the two goals Garner has scored against Germany and say, yeah. look, they went 2-1 up, they had them on the ropes yeah. and, and, he'll, and he'll point out other full, full pits of Garner's game and say, we're better than them. Again, though, I just think Germany and will be, be too canny. And it's Germany, isn't it? And, and just then so good he will time. show them the video of Germany versus Austria at the 1982, I think it was, World Cup where they, they had a pact, of course, and, and Algeria were knocked out at the expense of that 1-0 right. German result when they pathetically passed it around and he goes, see that? That is taking the piss out of Algeria. That is taking the piss Imagine out of everything now get out there and uh, let off some fire. I hope they're listening to this. <laughs> the desert foxes. Listen to Germany's World Cup record. Oh, the la- <laughs> <laughs> here's the, here's oh hang on. Is, is, is this um, England's equal rivals, Germany? Yeah, yeah. About? Our binary yeah. opposition. Yeah. Yeah. Who seem to have been lucky <laughs> over the last nine World Cups. I love it how, like, no, no, they're our rivals. Talk to a German. Do they know that? That's okay. a bit like uh, that uh, Birmingham thinking they've got a rivalry with London. This is yeah. Germany's World Cup record. Yeah. Since I'm going to go. Uh, you know what? I started off just saying, like, you know I'm going to go back to 94. And I thought, I'm going to go back to 74. No, I'm going to go to 54. <laughs> 1954 champions. Yep. 1958 fourth place. Yep. 1962 quarter final. Poor by them. Yeah, very Na- poor. 1966 runners up. 1970 third place. 1974 champions. 1978 second group stage. 1982 That's runners up. Cool. 1986 runners up. 1990 champions. <laughs> 1994 quarter final. 1998 quarter final. 2002 runners up. 2006 third place. 2010 third place. 2014 the, the rather chilling qualified second round. <laughs> still amongst it. It should say on that thing. Still in the mix up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Germany are a very good tournament team. <laughs> There's no question about that. Oh, man. But but the funny thing is, they are overdue a win. They really are. And it's a big one for this generation of players. They've sort of got their own golden generation mm. team. Can I, also just, can I also just add, before I forget, yes. in six of the last ten European championships, <laughs> Germany have been runners-up or better. <laughs> it's this utterly obscene. Is the dictionary definition of a tournament team. Mm. Algeria, you are fucked. <laughs> Sorry about that earlier, but you are fucked. Nonsense. <laughs> you heard what I said. Um, uh, <laughs> Disregarded it. It's, I, 
I know a German girl, and she was she's into football, and she was she was moaning about the current state of the German team, <laughs> moaning that they. Did only you just go? The Fuck off! Twice. <laughs> yeah, good. Deserved it. <laughs> Thanks a lot for you to swear. I wouldn't normally advocate that. But fair enough. <laughs> just oh, another thing that uh, they, they do, which I quite like, is um, they refer to Jurgen Klinsmann as Klinsy. Klinsy. Yeah, okay, I right. love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Germany. Woo! Hey, come on. I mean, if Germany went out in the second round, it'd been an absolute disaster. I can remember '98 was it when they were beaten by Croatia three yeah. nil, and '94 of course when they were beaten Bulgaria two mm. one, and everyone thought, ah, oh, the Germans they've had a terrible tournament. Yeah, yeah. Then it got to the last eight. You were yeah. in 2000 when they got knocked out in the group. It's like the worst moment in their international history. Beaten by England yeah. and yeah. out in the group. They put that behind them. I hope they've all been. Uh, uh, Extradited yeah. those players. <laughs> that that, is that very brought cool. about the sea change, though, that we're seeing now with mm-hmm. the, the, the way they just ripped up yeah, everything again. Again, mm. world football in Germany. You're welcome in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> England kickstarted the I German that, football I revolution. That, I love that in Germany. It took one tournament for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's it. We still not sort it out. They, they were out in the first round. Next tournament, final. Yeah, they yeah. took Ronaldo to beat them. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, we beat them five one before that tournament. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's the real quiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. Uh, there are other games to talk about, I think, before we go. Uh, Netherlands versus Mexico. Ooh. Ooh. It's got to be a Dutch win, you'd think. Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you, Luke? I like this Mexico team. You do, don't and I, you? And I think that... Um, uh, I don't think necessarily it's over for Netherlands yet because that sounds preposterous because they've done so well. I do think they might be getting into the situation where they've started to peak mm. and they may have enough to get past Mexico. All the talk is about growing into tournaments. The Dutch... The yeah. Dutch, I think... Van Persie's had a rest as well. Do you remember that, though? Yeah, that's true. Um, I just think they got there... They were, after they scored the first goal, they were like, we're in Brazil, let's have it! Yeah. You know, that's what they've done. Yeah, And I, it, it would be amazing if they carried this on and won the tournament. It would be spectacular. I can't see that happening. But like, if you look at the history books, like we said before... I think Mexico are a talented team, and I think that they're... they're in a minute, I know this is a, it's, not, it's not even the same confederation, really, so it's not lazy to suggest this, but they, they are similar to Chile. Yes. Mm. Maybe a little bit. They obviously haven't got the quality of a Chile, but they're similar. Mm. And um, I think Netherlands shouldn't <clears throat> underestimate them and get complacent about it, because yeah, it's fine to say that you've been, oh, yeah, we hammered Spain, and we've done this, and we've done that, and we've beaten Chile. It's another game now. Yeah. And, and, and if there's any team who's susceptible to that sort of behaviour, it's, uh, it's probably the Netherlands, so they've got to, be, got to be super careful. But then, if you know, the winner of that game is rewarded with a, with a, a tie against Costa Rica versus Greece. No disrespect to those teams, but if you said to somebody, you know, you play Costa Rica or Greece in the quarterfinals of the World Cup, you'd bite their hand off. Yeah. And, uh, Agree. Uh, and, and you would really... I mean, if, and you'd be banned for months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, if, but, but if they can get through there, the Netherlands, I mean, Mexico and then either Costa Rica versus Greece, it's, it's a bit different to what Brazil are, are, are sizing up if they're looking further down the line in, in their tournament. But, uh, but Argentina versus Switzerland, I mean, the, the, the winner of that game would play Belgium, USA, and then on paper, again, we use that phrase, it looks like it'd be an Argentina-Netherlands final. But... This World Cup, you know, it's not going to throw that up, is it, no, Jim? It <laughs> you know, it's going to be I'm a Costa Rica USA. I really hope that the, um, that the knockout rounds lives up to the group stages in terms of the, the surprises we've seen mm. and the quality of the football and the ridiculous amount of goals we've seen. And I, I think just, will. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really expecting that to happen. You can't see all eight of those games going as you'd expect. They just, no, well, it's just, no it's, way. It's just it just never ever works out that way. No, exactly. So someone's going to be. It's like when you watch, you see the third round of the FA Cup, right? Um, 
you know there's going to be an upset in there. Yep. You're just desperate. For, when, obviously, when Pompey were good, you're just desperate for it not to be your team. Yeah, but yeah. you know two or three are always going to go out. Yeah. And it's probably going to be similar here, maybe on a smaller scale. One or two will get turned over. On a smaller scale than the fourth round of the <laughs> yeah, FA Cup? third round, actually. <laughs> third round. Well, yeah, I mean, with World Cups, you tend to get one... Or maybe two anomalies where uh, a, a, an unfancied side gets to the semi-final. We've seen Bulgaria, Croatia, Sweden, Croatia, mm. Uruguay last time, bloody England, Turkey, yeah. um, Turkey, Turkey, South Korea. Well, Uruguay. That was Acknowledge Uruguay. Uh, you said Uruguay. Yeah, 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 They've yeah, won yeah. it twice. Yeah, I know, but they weren't expecting the 2010 to get to yeah, the semi. You normally, you normally get that. I think in 2002 it was Turkey and. Um, uh, South Korea, yeah, which is quite special, really. But again, mm. Brazil and Germany went through. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is, I'm this hoping is, that this time, actually, that that it won't just. Marcus, be... it just feeds back into what I was saying earlier about Algerian stuff, because mm. those teams get to the point where their belief runs out, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and whether it's, it, it might even be subconscious, but they're just so delighted to be in the semi-final, mm-hmm. they can't believe their luck. Do you know what I mean? They probably as if you if you're a player, a South Korean player. Yeah. Okay, South Korea were co-host. You're probably not, if you're being completely honest with yourself, imagining getting to the final. No. So, so you're dreaming about it, but you're not. And once you've you're got not the imagining semi, it in the same way. Like when, like when Sir Alex Ferguson would say, the most dangerous time for a bunch of players is after they just won the title. Because yeah. it's it's doubly hard again to defend it. Yeah. It's a similar mentality because they get to the semi and they think they can't help but think, bloody hell, we're delighted to be here. It would be the same with England. If England got to the semi-final, it'd be such an effort for them to, to kick on because they'd play a good team and it would be hard to not even even subconsciously think, oh, we're so pleased to be here. So what about Chile and Colombia then? So do you think if they got to the semi-final, that attitude would would set in? Possibly. I think what would be so fitting for this World Cup, given how good it's been, would, would be for there to be a new winner. That would, that would be just the icing on the cake. Well, the obvious one there is the Dutch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy that they haven't never won it anyway. It is, isn't it? It seems, yeah. it seems wrong, doesn't it? It yeah. almost seems like a like reality has like one it, wrong. It wouldn't feel like a new winner, No, it would wouldn't. It? Yeah, yeah. I suppose the only other side that you think of, of the new winners, if you, if you think maybe Chile and Colombia might not be able to, would be everyone's dark horse, the Belgians. I would, I'd break Colombia over Belgium there. No, I just said if it wasn't Chile and Colombia. Right, OK. Yeah, no, I, but even with that in mind, I think... Well, OK. I don't think Belgium will, will go deep. No. Personally. Mm. Quarterfinals, best? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, Probably, yeah, yeah probably. Uh, before we go, we've got to give you uh, a, a little update on Chris Kamara. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, he's been... <laughs> yeah. Chris Kamara's out in Brazil, obviously, covering it, and he, did you hear this? He ran after a street robber and caught him. Wow. It was the only way he was really going to make an impression on this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I saw brilliant? this and I felt a little bit... Um, Queasy. I just felt a little bit uncomfortable with the Twitter thing of how I look at him and it's brilliant that he did this. And, he, and, and Chris Kamara, I mean, I think Chris Kamara's a nice guy. Um, my girlfriend has worked with him before. He does a lot of charity work mm-hmm. for the charity my girlfriend works for. He's a nice guy. But to me... Putting photos of this up on Twitter, he put it up himself. Didn't he? Yeah, I just think that's, listen. So I've not seen this photo. What, what what's he, the photo? Basically, Chris Kamara like kneeling on the guy. Chris Kamara, cha- <laughs> Chris Kamara chased a um, a robber, caught him, apprehended him, pinned well him down. Police turned up. Citizens and arrest. Kamara was taking photos of it. Basically, oh. what I wanted to get at was that this is a desperate man who's, who's robbing another man through probably abject poverty. Right. Yeah. It's, we shouldn't be celebrating this as a, as a great thing to do. Oh, it's brilliant! It's great that he's apprehended him. It's great that he's, he's, he's stopped a crime. It's great that he's probably got his stuff back and all Don't that other gloat, stuff. Though. Yeah, leave it there. Do you know what I mean? This, this guy hasn't turned to, to being a street robber because he thinks it's a great career choice. He's done it because yeah. it's probably he's got quite a difficult life, and we should respect that. Yeah. 
There you go. But I don't want that to come across like I'm defending a criminal, but you understand what I mean. Hard talk with Luke Moore. <laughs> Speaking of which... Can I, the, can I have the Jeremy Carr slot? Speaking of which, have we got any correspondence? <laughs> we have, yeah. Let's go from being really serious about something I know next to nothing about to just really frivolous. Yes. Yeah. Um, the question this time around for, for all our listeners was, which punishment would you have meted out to Luis Suarez? Personally, I'd have gone with having to play in a giant hamster ball for the, yeah, okay. for the rest of the, nice. the ban. He can play, but just in a hamster ball. That's almost as putting the other players out as much as picking Rooney for England, isn't it? <laughs> hey, but but not quite. <laughs> come on. Um, Brian, uh, THFC, presumably a Tottenham Hotspur fan, says, I would give him a lifetime ban during which his only contact with football can be Kenny Dalglish describing matches to him over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring Kenny into it. He's done nothing yeah. wrong here. You know, yeah. um, this is always going to happen from Winoceros. Good name, actually, on Twitter. Mm. Sit him in a lay-by. Kevin Keegan punches him. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan would get that wrong somehow. Yeah. He, he punched the side of a car or no, something. He'd, himself. He'd get bitten on the fist. <laughs> <laughs> and that would count as the punch. Yeah. Um, Steve Maloney, a friend of the Ramble, says, a, a reverse stadium ban. He has to go and watch a baseball game every night for the rest of the season. <laughs> Hashtag water torture. And I know for a fact Steve Maloney's an American, so he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a ruffling some feathers over that side of the pond with that. Um, Andrew Bolton. Now, I think this alludes to... Um, when you get caught smoking as a kid and you have to smoke the whole packet, uh, Andrew Bolton says, don't allow him to leave the World Cup till he's eaten all of Kalina. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elliot BCFC, make him listen to an inferior football podcast. Well, he'd have to find one first, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Elliot. Uh, <laughs> Craig Scott um, needs to play English Sunday Pub League for four months. I'd be happy to get only get bitten in my league. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, this is a throwback to the um, Game of Thrones uh, episode you guys did in my absence out of order from Phil Reeve make him fight the mountain okay, <laughs> Marcus don't. wouldn't get that no, yet no, no. No. Um, it would mount- not be nice Marcus yeah it would be you couldn't beat a mountain really could you Alex Smith I used to bite when I was a baby my mum bit me and I stopped my mum should bite him yeah <laughs> I mean, even one. logistically, that's quite yeah, difficult. I mean, presumably your mum's not in Brazil at the moment, Alex. Um, ben Steele suggests making him listen to Steve McLaren Time Lord on a loop for an hour. Yeah, fair. Um, and Leo Stitch on Facebook gets into the spirit of things by saying, just ban him from international matches for two years. Fuck him. It's not as though he's going to learn. If he wants to go around biting people like a petulant toddler, he can go and do it at home, the buck-tooth cunt. <laughs> Possibly the only man angrier than Louis Suarez was at that moment (laughs) when he did it. Yeah, so. Wow. There we go. Well done, Leo. Cheers, that that, mate. That's it. I think we should end on that note. There wasn't even a Roger Johnson drinking with Roger Johnson one this time. Oh, that's a shame. Shame. If there was, I didn't see it. They've let themselves down there. Mm. Let themselves down. Um, well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to contribute to the correspondence next time with uh, with that kind of chat, then uh, tweet us at Football Ramble or email us show at thefootballramble.com or obviously there's the Facebook and, and uh, the website, thefootballramble.com. Also, betfair.com forward slash Football Ramble. For being a Football Ramble listener, you can sign up to Betfair and get a pretty good deal, up to £50 match bet. My recommended bet at this moment in time would be laying Brazil to reach the final. They're about 2.7. I think they've got a lot of hurdles to overcome and it might might be a good little tickle that so lay Brazil yeah a bit, a bit of tickle for you <laughs> um, yeah we'll be back in a few days to talk about them second round say goodbye Jim goodbye say goodbye Luke goodbye thanks goodbye for me.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.